When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, some seven years plus into the journey of Tannin Aquatics, I'm just blown away by the amazing work that our community does in the area of botanical method aquariums. And I've always believed that aquarists are wildly curious about the natural world. We all are but that they tend to overcomplicate what's unknown, what's not well understood or outside the lines of conventional aquarium aesthetics and practices and literally polish out the true beauty of nature in the process, often ascribing these rules and standards for how our interpretations of nature have to look. Now, in my own rebellious sort of way, I can't help but think that part of this enthusiasm which our community has for this stuff is that aquarium hobbyists in general have a bit of a, I don't know, a rebellious streak and that maybe, just maybe, we're a bit, I don't know, over the whole idea of rule-centric, monostylistic, overly dogmatic thinking that's dominated much of the popular aquarium world, at least on social media, for the better part of the last, I don't know, decade or so. Now look, there's absolutely nothing wrong with interpreting and utilizing inspiration from nature however you choose in your aquarium work. There's nothing wrong with that. People ask me a lot, though, what my viewpoint is on things, so I'm telling you this today. The results of a diorama style, you know, they can be beautiful. However, the problem comes when hobbyists endeavor to communicate to the uninitiated that this type of aquarium is based on nature, as if a, you know, carefully contrived diorama mountain range comprised of glossostigma covered rocks is what a natural aquatic habitat looks like. That's where it just gets a little bit weird. I mean, on one hand, you're using natural materials, but, you know... You're arranging them on what is a representation of a underwater mountain or a mountain and, you know, in, in, at scale or something. I mean, what was ever not good about looking at a stream, a flooded forest, a pond, a bog, and attempting to replicate it accurately as it is in both form and function in our aquariums? To replicate it without over-stylizing and ratioing out every rock, every twig, every plant. What is it about the actual appearance of so many aquatic ecosystems that has the bulk of the aquarium world somehow avoiding replicating them? I mean, is scaling down a mountain or creating a sanitized version of some elements of a genuine aquatic habitat the best we can do? Is creating an aquarium based on nature as it actually is just not good enough as an art form for us? Is it because it doesn't measure up somehow to the fantasy forest scape that the guy did in the last big contest, you know, gluing all the pieces of wood and roots and things onto to rocks in terms of perceived effort or creativity or interpretation? Is it because that in nature, the water isn't always crystal clear and blue and white? Is it because the bottom of many natural aquatic habitats is covered in decomposing leaf litter, tree parts, and twigs? Because it's not clean and neat and tidy and Iwagumi friendly, right? Yeah, it's often dark, disorderly, and, well, unpredictable. Can we not handle that? 
I know that we can. I absolutely know that we can as a chorus. There's so many amazingly talented hobbyists out there. I just just don't buy that argument that people are uh, just can't handle the look. I mean, honestly, maybe it's time for us once and for all to accept that things are not aesthetically perfect in nature. In the sense of being neat and orderly or ratio adherent from a design aspect, you know, filled with rules and best practices governing the style of the tank. Sometimes it's fun to just freeform things. These human-imposed rules, in my opinion, not only stifle the creative process, they serve to deny nature the opportunity to do as she's done for eons, to seek a path via evolution and change, to forge a successful ecosystem for its inhabitants. When we seek to edit nature because the look of her process doesn't comport with our sense of aesthetics, we are, in my opinion, no longer attempting to replicate nature as it is. That's tough words to hear, but that's just true. Nature couldn't give a shit about our rules. Rather, she asks us to follow hers and to accept the accompanying aesthetics that go with this acceptance of them. A mental shift we need to make. Look, you can have the most beautiful, contrived, you know, rock work or aquascape, but it's still part of a natural system. You can fight it by scraping algae. You can remove dead, you know, uh, dead uh, leaf material. You can siphon out detritus or whatever, but nature will continue to make those things because that's how natural ecosystems function. And when we sit there and try to edit all this stuff out, we're actually fighting against nature. It takes a mental shift. And to make this mental shift takes a certain understanding and asking questions, reflecting, Understanding that in nature you have branches, leaves, rocks, and botanical materials scattered all over the bottom of streams in a seemingly random, disorderly pattern. Or are they? Could it be that current weather events and wind distribute the materials the way they do for a reason? Now, could our fishes benefit from replicating this dynamic in aquariums? And is there not incredible beauty in that apparent randomness? I believe there is. I really do. Now look, I realize that a glass box is not a flooded Amazonian forest. I have no delusions of that. It's not a mangrove estuary or an Asian peat bog. I realize that we're constrained by size and water volume and available technology and the amount of effort and labor it takes to maintain one of these systems. We've touched on that hundreds and hundreds of times here over the years. However, it can function and look like one to some degree, right? Yeah. The same processes which occur on a grander scale in nature also occur on a micro scale in our aquariums. And we can understand and embrace these processes rather than resist or even revile them as an essential part of the aquatic environment. It's entirely possible to accept the appearance of biofilms, you know, murky water, algae decomposing botanical materials, and they can know, understand that these things can be managed to take advantage of their benefits. You know, accepting them as supplemental food sources, nurseries for fry, and as interesting little ways to impart beneficial humic substances, tannins, and other dissolved organics into the water. Understanding the dynamics of decomposition and the natural processes which govern it is one of those really essential things that if we all make the effort to learn just a little bit about, may change our thinking about how we manage aquariums. Now look, that being said, we don't all have to embrace our more hardcore interpretations of nature in our aquariums that we love so much around here. You don't have to go all in on it. I think that we feature so much talk and so many examples of these types of systems as a sort of, I don't know, an overcompensation because it's been kind of tough to deprogram the larger hobby world from the mindset 
that a natural aquarium is a polished, spotless, crystal clear, ratio compliant hardscape with plants. Now, again, don't get me wrong. There's nothing at all wrong with artistic interpretations of nature. And who the hell am I to assert otherwise? Really, my only concern, as I've reiterated many times before, is that the uninitiated, those that are not familiar with aquariums, will view some of these perfectly unnatural aquariums, beautiful though they are, as what nature is really like, and thus sort of setting them up for a form of disappointment or even confusion when they actually see a wild aquatic habitat in all of its random disorganized glory, completely at odds with what they've been programmed to believe. And then there's the desire, the, who knows what that could lead to, the desire to rescue or resuscitate these more abound environments because they're so polluted compared to what we've seen in any aquariums. It could be bizarre. It's a weird interpretation, but it's possible. Now, some of the most amazing comments that we receive after sharing underwater pics of the wild habitats of Amazonia and elsewhere that we get um, from you know people that explore these habitats are from hobbyists who at first thought that some of these pics were from someone's aquarium, which is really cool. It shows how far we've come. And in a few instances, some of the close-ups of botanical-themed aquariums are virtually indistinguishable from the wild scenes. That's a real testimony to, again, how far we've come. What an incredible shift in dynamic. At the very least, it's the most delicious form of irony, wouldn't you say? Now, of course, there is a happy medium which merges the art of aquascaping with the functional interpretations of nature that we admire so much. A way of capturing aspects of nature in our aquarium in a manner that accepts it as it is rather than how we want it to be. Understanding that by allowing nature to do what she does, we're truly blurring the lines, as we say around here, between the wild aquatic habitats of the world and our aquariums. Yet, such interpretations can still be beautiful from an artistic standpoint, can't they? They sure can. Indeed, it's entirely possible to foster a beautiful, yet true slice of the natural world in our homes, in all of its splendor and its function. It simply requires us to adopt a mindset that merges some divergent ideas into one. Simplicity, complexity, creativity, transience, randomness. We receive so many DMs, emails, even phone calls, and inquiries from aquarists when we run pieces featuring pics and discussions about the natural environment as topics for modeling our aquariums, excited about the details and how they can be replicated in the aquarium. This is a really cool thing. Yet sometimes, someone will pose a question to me like, you know, how does what you talk about differ from the concept of the biotope aquarium idea that you see so often in the hobbyist? And that's a, that's a good question. The answer is it doesn't differ all that much, with the exception being that the biotope aquariums, even though they seek to replicate much of the look and environmental conditions of a given habitat, it seemed to uh, seem to eschew some of the functional aspects. Like they'll incorporate some of the same materials that we do. They can nail the look and maybe even the pH or the flow or the light, which is amazing. Many use leaves and botanicals beautifully. However, they're typically used more for appearance, sort of like props, as opposed to facilitating decomposition and embracing the appearance and growth of biofilms, fungal growths, microorganisms, etc. It's a bit less functional and a bit more aesthetic, in my opinion. I say many, not all, of course. I've seen some amazing contest biotope aquariums that are just epic. The biotope crowd are our brothers and sisters in the most intimate way. The main differences between what they do and what we do are really, really subtle. It's in the management, the nuance of the aquarium. That's really it. 
Although we might also make geographic transgressions and incorporate, you know, materials from different parts of the world to recreate the aesthetic part without apologies, you know, that's the difference. We're, we're not going to obsess over making sure that every twig, every leaf, every seed pod is the exact type found in a given region. Generic tropical, as we say, is okay by us when it comes to materials we use because we're about creating the function as much, if not more than the form. We're all about the overall picture. Inspired by is like our mantra. The idea about the way our tanks are as much as an aesthetic interpretation as they are anything else is not a bad thing. However, I won't stop pleading with you to accept different, perhaps more literal interpretations of unique natural habitats, not just because they look cool, but because they lead us down interesting paths to study and embrace the function of them. Perhaps we can give this idea some more consideration. Maybe we can look at a few pics of a wild aquatic habitat as a possible influence for our next aquarium. Am I too blasphemous here? I don't think so. Read some early Takashi Amano writings and see if you agree. Don't read the cargo cult style fanboy homage drivel that's everywhere on social media now. Go to the actual source, Google it, find his older works and read his words. It's pretty cool stuff. I suppose that there are occasional smirks and giggles from, you know, some corners of the hobby when we initially see our, they initially see our tanks and some people are probably thinking, really, they, they, they toss in a few leaves and they think that this sloppiness is natural or somehow involved aquascaping or whatever. The funny thing is that in reality, it is a sort of evolution, isn't it? I mean, sure, on the surface, this doesn't seem like much. You know, toss some botanicals in the aquarium, see what happens. It's not like no one ever did this before over the generations of the aquarium hobby. And to make it seem more complicated than it is to develop or quantify technique for it, a true act of human nature, I suppose, is probably a bit humorous, but it's necessary. On the other hand, it's not just to create a cool-looking tank. We don't embrace the aesthetics of dark water, a bottom covered in decomposing leaves, and the appearance of biofilms and algae on driftwood because it allows us to be more relaxed in the care of our tanks or because we think that we're so much smarter than the rest of the aquarium world. I mean, we're doing this for a reason, to create more authentic looking, natural functioning aquatic displays for our fishes. To understand and acknowledge that our fishes and their very existence is influenced by the habitats in which they've evolved. Botanical method aquariums aren't really an aquascaping style. Rather, they're a way of interpreting the function of nature and accepting the look that accompanies it as a sort of a collateral thing. We know that wild tropical habitats are influenced greatly by the surrounding geography and the flora of their region, which in turn have considerable influence on the population of fishes which inhabit them and their life cycle. Think about killi annual killifishes. Think about wild betas. Think about fishes that live in ephemeral habitats. The simple fact of the matter is, when we add botanical materials to an aquarium and accept what happens on a, you know, as a result, regardless of whether our intent is just to create a different aesthetic or perhaps something more, we are, to a very real extent, replicating the processes and the influences that occur in wild aquatic habitats in nature. Perhaps one day, among the things we'll indoctrinate neophyte aquarists to play with as fundamental skills, besides you know water exchanges, quarantine, and stocking, will be things like adding appropriate botanical materials to the aquarium to facilitate more natural conditions for the aquatic organisms that we keep. That is, indeed, what we mean when we talk about how we operate at that intersection between science and art. We think it's a pretty cool place to be, and we, we're glad you're here, and we hope you continue to encourage others to join us here. Stay studious, stay curious, stay creative, stay diligent, stay consistent, and always stay wet. 
Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.